Hello, and welcome to episode 192 of Relics of Ore. I'm your host, Grybach, and joining me this evening is my lovely co-host, Spirit. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? I am doing well. How are you? I am doing pretty, pretty good. We're, we've just spent the last 45 minutes that we meant to be recording, um, shooting the breeze and catching up, because we haven't done this in a long time. So let's just get right into it, I guess. It's been since before the Halloween patch, so like going on a full month now and uh we kind of have both a lot and not a lot to talk about so i'm sure we'll fill the time up somehow as you said before the show right yeah we have nothing to talk about so naturally this podcast is gonna be an hour and a half yeah exactly um so uh, is there anything you'd like to to lead us off with this evening um i guess so i think to surprise no one that my biggest topic of conversation tonight is going to be raid or balance changes in general, but that affected raiding. So, I mean, we can just get that out of the way if you want to. Mm, I'd actually maybe rather leave that to maybe a second or third topic and maybe just cover some of the easier topics because it's kind of hard to segue out of a big sure. long one. Uh, so why don't we just talk about Halloween this year? So basically... There wasn't really anything new, um, which is fine. I, I don't think, well, I shouldn't say that nobody was expecting there to be anything new, but I think most people sort of expect that all the holidays are the same every year. Wouldn't you say that's... Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I think I, yeah, I would not expect anything new. I would always hope for it. Um, right. One of the big selling points for me previously uh you know on on halloween and stuff was that you know there was a story that went with it you know all through guild wars 1 and into guild wars 2 uh and for whatever reason dev time and you know they have stopped doing it but it was a huge thing to see every year uh you know what the mad king was up to this year in i really enjoyed that aspect of the the festivals and it just um as fun as the clock tower and the labyrinth and everything else are, it's gotten stale after three years, truthfully. Um, you know, I still had a bunch of fun doing it this year. We got a bunch of relics people together on a random, just, hey, let's go farm the labyrinth. And that was fun. And, uh, you know, doing the clock tower is like <laughs> you do it once a year and you're like, yeah, I still got it. And yeah, I still got it. <laughs> that, that's fun. Or, you know, maybe it's your first time up the clock tower and, you know, I don't, I want to disparage the, the festival at all for the people who are experiencing it for the first time, right? Because it's a, there's a lot of stuff to do. It's really cool. There's some great rewards. There's um, a bunch of aspects to it. But for those of us who have done it for three years, it's, it's, it's getting old and it could use some refreshing or remixing or uh, dare I dream, you know, entirely new stuff. But it didn't come with any of that this year. And I'm now totally off whatever original question you asked me, and I don't remember what it was. No, I mean, that was that was pretty much it. Because I guess I was trying to sort of say that is I know that there's definitely some people that were expecting new things or were really hoping for new things. Um, but I think a lot of us, since things were the same last year, I think pretty much everybody was expecting them to be the same this year. So I think the the real question on that is, again, dev resources are you know, they are what they are. They're limited. They're, they can only work on so many things at once. And so you just have to ask where your priority lies. Like, 
how how much would you be willing to delay Living Story or the next expansion in order to have new holiday content a couple times a year every mm-hmm. like every year because you know um it you know it takes it takes resources and it takes time to come up with new content and so like it it seemed to me from the very beginning that the idea of having recycling seasons was sort of what their intent was going to be and so that they could basically have the game change a little bit even though it's the same content as last year while not having to you know put in a whole bunch of new dev resources for it so that they could be spending them doing other things so yeah i don't know i it doesn't bother me but at the same time like you said we've those of us that have played the game a lot have been to this rodeo a number of times and like you said it's uh you take a few spins around the labyrinth you you beat the t- jumping puzzle the the tower again just to uh you know prove to yourself that you've still got it <laughs> and then you know yeah you, you don't play a ton um yeah i hope um even if they don't you know do a massive overhaul i would like to see things remixed there uh one one suggestion that somebody said that i would i would really like to see we we're talking about um you know maybe adding new bosses to the labyrinth right so you know like rebalancing that a little bit to give make it a little bit more interesting somebody suggested that the doors you open um that have veterans pop out of them are really not engaging so what if a random guild bounty popped out instead and all of a sudden you've got this situation where you're fighting maybe yananka or uh, tumult or Trillia Midwell with all her uh, tornadoes and stuff and it can create this really cool, I mean they've got a, a good pool of bosses with diverse mechanics that can always sort of keep you on your toes in there and make it interesting. Moss Man. Moss Man, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly the Moss Man appears. Uh, yeah, no, that that's actually a really fun idea. I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about, oh also congratulations shout out to Alana from uh, Guild Wars reporter because she beat the Mad King's Clock Tower for the first time this year. Hooray! The end. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we want to talk about... <laughs> you did it! We're doing it! Uh, do you want to talk about the changes to Black Lion Chests? Alright, so... <laughs> in a patch Tuesday, this did not come with the Halloween patch, but the most recent one, um, they revamped Black Lion Chests a little bit. Um, I think they were supposed to try and make it better, but it feels relatively the same slash worse because what they did is they made it so that there's a guaranteed holiday item in there. So, you know, during Halloween or whatever, it'll have a trick-or-treat bag, which is worth about five silver at the moment. Um, and it will have... That will take up one slot, and then there will be a second slot that has um, an item from a pool of sort of the convenience items. And then there's a third slot, which can be just about anything, I think. And then there's a possible fourth slot that can be like a rare item, right? You have to RNG that fourth slot. Yeah. Uh, They also remove boosters from Black Lion Chests, and this is sort of a... I see a lot of people celebrating this, and I, so the way I phrase this uh, when we were talking about it is, if I were king of ArenaNet, boosters are not the first item I would have removed from Black Lion Chests to make them more useful 
slash interesting to open, right? Um, I don't care particularly for the combat boosters, so like the armor and regen boosters and movement speed. I think those could have gone, but I am quite disappointed in the removal of all the other boosters, so the magic find and the experience booster, both of which um, I use on a fairly regular basis. I mean, I try to everyone sort of falls into the trap of like, oh, this is a special item. I'll keep it in my bank forever. But I try to, you know, I try to pick out moments where, oh, I'm farming this gift of battle. I should put on this experience booster and um, get some extra world ranks. Or I know Halloween's coming up, so I'm going to save up my magic find boosters for Halloween and use them there. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm not going to buy any boosters, ArenaNet. So if you wanted me to buy the boosters from you, it's not going to happen. I'm just not going to have boosters now. Um, yeah, so it's it's just disappointing to me. Like, I lost something that I, I do use fairly regularly. Um, and in its place are a bunch of tomes of knowledge, repair canisters, useless. and there was one other item that I... I would definitely have given the axe. I can't remember what it was, but I I would definitely have given the axe before I got rid of boosters. I think it was probably transmutation stones, just because. No, I'm transmutation not... stones are good. Yeah, they're okay. I can get them elsewhere pretty easily. I would rather have a booster than a transmutation stone. I put it that way because I can get transmutation stones from a number of other places reliably. Um, it's it's still a nice item to have. I don't frown when I get a transmutation stone. I just I think it. It goes under boosters and the the list of importance for me, but yeah, I I saw a lot of people like, yeah, the trick or treat bag thing sucks, but at least they got rid of boosters. I'm like, no. They got well, rid the of problem boosters. is they didn't get rid of boosters. They got rid of boosters dropping. If I were the king of arena net, I would get rid of boosters. Oh man. Period. Because I hate that kind of microtransaction item. I honestly hate everything that's on a timer for a buff, like, that's not, like, a player ability. I hate, I hate food. I think food is a stupid system. Like, I hate food and potions. I really hate boosters. And I really (laughs) hate that you can only get boosters by paying money for them. Like, ostensibly, that's not quite true with Black Lion Chest, because you don't have to pay for keys, technically, but, like... You can get that many keys. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are also... I mean, you can get boosters from achievement chests, and I feel like there's at least one other source that I can't recall right now. Yeah, but But that's still a pretty low amount, like, in total. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I just... I hate them. I hate it as a design sink. I will will say, to ArenaNet's credit, that they have the most fair implementation of boosters that i've ever seen which is to say it is in-game time boosters not absolute time boosters yeah i agree with that i hate it's... it oh that made my skin crawl in terror it was like oh it's like a seven day booster better spend every waking moment of my life playing the game otherwise i'm gonna waste this yeah yeah no that's that's abysmal in other games so at least they didn't fall into that pitfall but i i i hate i hate upkeep buffs like i they're just to me, they're just frustrating because they're sort of like baked into what the sort of norm or like fun level is supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, like when you raid, you have food because food is the expected level of what you have, right? Like, because mm-hmm. it makes a huge difference. And like, so like having upkeep, <laughs> having upkeep costs for 
anything serious is just like really irritating to me. Anyway, that's that's a personal bugbear though. But I can like so I can understand why people don't like boosters in general. And I know that there's a lot of people that have you know I call it rocket launcher syndrome, which is exactly what you're talking about. You're like, oh man, I got this thing. I better save it for when I really need it, and then you know you <laughs> never ever 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 use it. Um, because I have that. I have a million boosters that. The only boosters I've ever used are experience boosters when Masteries came out. Like, <laughs> and so sometimes I use crafting experience boosters when I'm like power leveling a character or something like that. But yeah, anyway, so they removed boosters and repair, like, tomes of knowledge and repair, ma- uh, repair canisters are totally useless. So yeah, I mean, it feels like, I don't know, Black Lion chests have always been bad, and I feel like. They're still bad. I, they may be slightly worse, but they were already so unappealing that, like, eh, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> is, there, is there really anything else to say? I mean, um, it- uh, so kind of the there are a couple interesting new items out of them, one of which is a wardrobe unlock consumable, which if you get this, it is guaranteed to unlock a wardrobe item for you whether that's a die or a glider or a mail carrier or an outfit or a weapon skin or armor of less than exotic uh quality i believe yep so there are a number of really cool things you could potentially get out of there because it does have all of the black lion things associated with it and you know so outfits uh, that you you could have spent 700 gems on, but maybe you got lucky and RNG'd them. Or, you know, old Black Lion weapons and things. I think that's... I think it's a pretty cool item. And you can even sort of... um, You can even sort of game the system, sort of, right? By unlocking the really cheap stuff, so you can make sure that you sort of wait your chances to get a better thing. Yeah. There's a lot of really cheap stuff, though, to the point where it wouldn't be cheap to get all of it. Yeah, I agree. I think um, if you if you've been playing for a really really long time and you have like all the dies except for a few and you know all the basic ones anyway, and you have a lot of the weapons just through natural play, it's probably a better deal for you. I wouldn't I wouldn't go out of my way to try and unlock all the stuff underneath it. I just don't think it's worth your time and money to try and make sure that if you are on a newer account that you can get those expensive things yeah oh there was one other thing um there is a new glider that comes exclusively out of black lion chests and is account bound now which they haven't in true i'm really frustrated about this and we'll talk about it later but in true arena fashion they haven't said anything about this glider right other than it like we know how it drops but they haven't said anything in relation to oh this is a one-time thing or we plan to do this every time now and oh it'll only ever come from here and we won't ever you know have a sale on the gem store later right yeah Um, like it's rng for now but there will be a a way to acquire it later um it's feels like that sort of aspect of it has gone under the radar compared to oh everyone's mad because there's a guaranteed trick-or-treat bag and it's worthless and nobody wants to open a bag and get a guaranteed trick-or-treat bag because like 
we used to get guaranteed trick-or-treat bags anyway, and now it's just taking up a slot, and that's dumb. <laughs> that's been the, the major course of discussion on Black Lion Chess. But the fact remains that there is an account-bound skin that is Gemstore that has no other way to acquire outside of RNG now. And I think that's worth knowing and talking about because we we saw this recently with um even not even to the same extent because there was that black lion set that was account bound right but even though it was account bound and we didn't like it for a number like because it was harder to get them right because you had to buy or had to save up the black lion scraps to get this you can't save up anything to get this you just have to open chests during whatever season which is not good i don't like that i think it can be pretty easily remedied i think if they wanted to they could put in you know they they could make it possible for black lion claim tickets to be spent on this glider and that is that is a way that they could get people to open these chests without um or even sort of indirectly i think that would sort of raise the prices on uh black lion things right because then you have multiple multiple reasons to spend your tickets on things besides black lion weapons to sell them mm-hmm. so it could be it could have an impact on the black lion market i don't know i didn't think that too through th- too through <laughs> too thoroughly but i am disappointed that there's an rng only thing and i think it wouldn't be unreasonable of them actually no i i expect them I would expect them to figure out a way to make it not RNG somehow because I don't know how many times we have to tell you, ArenaNet, that RNG account bound stuff is just crap. And it seems like every time we have this conversation, we give you this feedback that we don't like this, then another one pops up. And it's been many years of this. I just, I don't know how many times. Were you about to make me pull out the gacky sound? No, I just, I want to get, I don't (laughs) like being angry. And I have been angry for a very long time about multiple things in this patch. And I just don't like sitting here and going, this is crap, fix it. But that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, so the real problem there is that it creates like... Basically, there's only three reactions to stuff like this. There's the reaction where it doesn't really bother you and you don't care. So that's fine. But at best, that's a neutral reaction. There's the reaction that you're having, which is that it makes you actively angry. And then there's the reaction that I have, which is that it's happened to me so many times that I don't give a flying F about it because I've given up. And that's also kind of neutral, but like, it's definitely not positive. Like, this isn't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not mad because I have been like i've burned out on being mad like i'm not (laughs) like i'm not sitting here being like yeah this is great i'm like yeah of course sure (laughs) like why not yeah um yeah it's frustrating like you said i mean how many times have we given that impact uh, input of like account bound rng only items are bad okay like it's not Mm. Mm. and i just like i just I just got through with this with Overwatch, you know, like <laughs> in the summer and Overwatch, they had RNG only items and, you know, they were account bound because everything's account bound in Overwatch and it made a lot of people really mad. 
And there was that one guy that really wanted this one thing, and he spent $700 buying RNG boxes and before he got it. Um, and that's not cool. And, you know, it's like, it's the exact same argument that people have. It's just like, it's not fun. I It's just frustrating. And then, you know, Blizzard learned from it, and they just finished their Halloween event, which ate up most of my time this past month. And... You could buy those skins with the same currency that you could buy the regular skins with, the in-game currency, and it cost more so that they could, you know, sort of help keep it somewhat exclusive for, and you can only buy it during the holiday, but, like, you could buy it. Like, there was a way that was a way to progress, much like the ticket scraps, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they, they had a way to get it, and it was expensive, but it could be done, and I did that one of those ways. I, you know, uh... And that was great, and I was happy, and I didn't care that I had to spend more on it, because I had a lot anyway, like, and that's fine. But, you know, so they, they learned from their mistake, and it seems like, you know, we're just sort of repeating the same thing. I don't know. Um, my question is, are are the scraps, do the scraps still drop? Yeah, scraps and tickets. Actually, um, one thing we didn't talk about is that you can actually open a black land chest, and this goes for a number of other containers as well, uh, and there will be, or you can right-click and preview it, and it'll bring up a window that has what drops from that item, categorized into sort of five broad categories. Um, Don't fall into the trap of thinking that because two things are in the same category that they have the same drop rate. That is entirely not true, but you can see the sort of brackets. And an example of this is the fractal daily chests. You can right-click on those and preview them now. And you can see that in the super rare category, there are ascended weapon boxes and also the fractal tonic. And if you think those drop at the same rate, you are crazy. Yeah, you are sorely mistaken, because I've gotten several (laughs) ascended weapons from that, and definitely no fractal tonics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a great feature. I like that. That's really nice. That's that's some nice added transparency. Yeah, uh, it actually brought up, so (laughs) to continue the Black Lion chest discussion that I didn't think was going to take that long, actually brought up another sort of complaint, which I, I have seen go mostly under the radar, which is there's only one home instance node dropping right now, according to that preview window, which is the Ghost Pepper, and none of the other ones are available to acquire right now. Which means, I, I don't think it means a lot for a whole lot of people, it's just a... Look, those home instance nodes are going to skyrocket, because you can't get them anywhere right now. And that is a little bit disappointing. Not not a big a deal as some other stuff, but it was also something I've seen just fly under the radar that um, you can't get them anywhere. Yeah. Yep. That's that's one of those things that I've never kept up with, so I don't. I haven't paid much attention to that. So. All right. Well, that was Black Lion uh, chests. The- kind of with one hand giveth and one hand puncheth in the groin to quote one of our earlier episode titles (laughs) uh yeah i like so i don't just i guess one more thing i wanted to say is i don't mind i actually kind of like the idea of having a guaranteed seasonal like item slot but for god's sake it should be like something respectable not like a five silver trick-or-treat bag like give me a stack of them or something i don't know like 
make it worth spending money it like that's that has always been the biggest problem i've had with the black lion chest is it's like the the drop rates on things that are actually good are so abysmal that i am and and everything else in there is worth virtually nothing that i've never been willing to gamble on that chance because the chance is so bad and like if you're gonna give me a guaranteed thing like make it so it's at least somewhat appealing like i don't don't know man uh i don't know like because what 125 gems gets you how much gold right now is it like 10 like 15 or not like 10 i'm finding 15 i'm gonna guess 12.5 you're low 15 126 gems is 22 gold Wow, dude, I feel like that's gone up since the last time I looked. It probably has because it's whatever. Um, regardless, so yeah, I mean, like, how many how many trick or treat boxes could you get for that? A freaking lot is the answer. So, like, throw us a freaking yeah, stack. almost almost two stacks for twenty two gold. Yeah, so give us a freaking stack. Come on, <laughs> like I don't know. Um. Yeah, that's. I guess that's all I want to say. Is like I'm not opposed to having something that's seasonal in it. Just like one trick or treat bag is yeah. kind of insulting, and I you know that for Christmas it's going to be like one a Winter's gift. Day gift. Yeah, yeah a Winter's Day gift. Like, yeah. The yeah the the reason people are complaining about it is not because that there is a seasonal item in it. It's that because in the past there was a seasonal item. It was a single trick or treat bag, and you got the three slots anyway. So it went in a lot of people's minds backwards from where it used to be in terms of how good it was to get one even if it stayed sort of the same yeah okay well was there anything else that we wanted to talk about in general before we get to balance because that's probably gonna be the rest of the episode yeah that's what i, I think thought. that's it i was <laughs> trying to remember if i think Oh, I guess we should talk about um, the labyrinth, right? And diminishing returns. Oh, God. Yeah. I. Mm, yep. <laughs> okay. So when Halloween came out, everyone stormed into this map called the labyrinth. Uh, it's got a whole bunch of Halloween mobs in there. And if you stack your ma- magic find to the high heavens, you can get a lot of trick-or-treat bags. It's a very popular farm spot. It's mindless. It's just... It, it makes you a lot of money. It can be kind of fun when, you know, especially if you haven't been there before and the bosses sneak up on you. They are have been in the past rather intimidating. They were not this year. Uh, hot power creep kind of socked them in the butt. And they didn't, they didn't do so well against uh, a fully geared... A fully uh, armed and hot, hot parational <laughs> battle <yeah>. station. <laughs> So it it was kind of more of a steamroll this year than than usual, I would say. But in addition to it being more of a steamroll, for whatever reason, I don't, I believe it happened in the past, diminishing returns. But for whatever reason, this year the diminishing returns were egregious. And if you were in there for more than I would say, probably between twenty and forty minutes is when you would start to notice it, which isn't that long in the grand scheme of things yeah like if you if you want to spend time in a map think about how much time we spend at heart of thorns maps right if you want to go and do something there you end up spending about hour and a half to two hours there so it's about 
half the time or less. Well, allow me to rephrase that. Think about if you just like loaded into a map and were fooling around while you're listening to this episode, you would have hit diminishing <laughs> returns by now. Yeah. So it did not feel good. And everyone complained angrily. And a couple days, I think it was maybe a day or two into Halloween, uh, Mike O'Brien put a post on the forum. They said, yep, that's not cool. So I think I think he literally said, that's not cool. I'm pretty sure that's verbatim <laughs> what he said. No joke. Um, and he removed, well, I don't know if he personally, but he, he gave the order to remove diminishing returns from the labyrinth and it has been a free farm ever since, which Wasn't made there- it feel pretty good. Wasn't there like a John Smith post that said there is no diminishing returns in the labyrinth <laughs> or nobody's hitting it? Um, so not <laughs> this year. Um, it was a that post has been going around a lot and it was a fairly old one, I believe, older than a year where people uh, it was a unrelated thread on the economy or the commerce or I don't even know what it is on the normal forums because I did the uh, official forums rather because I don't ever go there. But it was a thread on there being like, oh, people are having tinfoil hat conspiracy theories about diminishing returns. And he was like, yeah, people don't really hit diminishing returns. It's not a thing that happens very commonly. And think of it like the quote, um, God, I forget what it was back at launch. There was something about dyes. And people held on to that for three years. Or think about how people throw the MMO manifesto at them these days after it's been like four years and the circumstances have totally changed uh, yeah it was, it was the same sort of thing where they picked up this one thing he said a long time ago and they were like so what's the deal is this still happening let's throw this quote at everyone until someone like answers us i mean look i know that i definitely never bring up there never being a new tier of gear yeah that ever. would just be silly i would never do that um <laughs> No. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, thanks. Thanks for pointing that out because I kind of don't pay attention to forum drama anymore, um, except for when Twitter explodes and then I randomly take about three peeks at threads and then laugh and throw my hands up and walk away. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you got to fact check. You got to snopes that. Got to snopes that. So, okay, that's good. That's good. That uh, I I am glad to hear that that was not a phrase that was uttered again this year. Um, Especially as after, far as I know, anyway. Especially after our frustrations with um, the economy of leather lately. Speaking of that, there's a new sort of landmark in uh, leather prices today, and it is now um, a single section of hardened leather is more expensive than an ecto. Yep. Sure is. Yep. I, uh, this will tie, I mean, hey, I found a segue into the balance changes. I need to stat swap my Mesmer's armor, and I cannot afford to, because I can't afford the hardened leather. And I am not a new player. I'm not a player who does not have a lot of income, or have, like, yeah, I can't afford to stat swap my gear, and that is absolute bullcrap, because of the hardened leather. Yep. I mean, I can, I just refuse to. (laughs) Yeah, I, I suppose if I wanted to sell off, like, all my other mats, I could... Or not all my other mats. I have enough money to do it, but I can't get the hardened leather, and I don't have enough liquid gold to justify doing it, because I keep having to spend it on other things. Mm-hmm. So, 
I have to wait many moons before I can stat swap my gear. I have enough hardened leather. I didn't have any when the patch came out because I have been selling it off because I haven't needed it for a long time. Um, and since the patch came out three weeks ago, I've managed to accrue enough hardened leather to stat swap two pieces of gear, and I need four more to be able to switch my gear over. Which is why people hoard it. Yeah, exactly that reason. I should have hoarded it, and I probably will not ever sell it again, because I can't afford to get caught with my pants down again. Thanks, ArenaNet. Yeah, and you <laughs> definitely can't afford to sew a new pair, so... Yep. <laughs> uh, I think we may have found the episode title. I can't be... <sighs> can't afford to be caught with my pants down thanks arena net <laughs> i um, so i should just say i don't i would like to talk about these changes responsibly but i um you probably have noticed really bitter and upset and i was actually furious when this patch went live um because of the balance changes which we'll talk about in a minute and i will try not to be sour and i will try not to make jokes at the expense of arena net but i it will be a struggle for me. Allow me to offer a counter angry. perspective. I'm going to bask in the radiance of this moment because for once I get to be the person who's like kind of smiling and not bitter because I don't care. I've given up on caring and spirit gets to be the one filled with bitterness and salt. And I just get to hear her serene voice <laughs> trashing this patch. And I just... I'm really excited for it because it's not me this time. So, you I'm know, really you've been sad. warned. Yeah, I I am I am the new I have taken over the mantle. Shangaku Shangaku's gone away. You've stopped caring. Uh I am now the salty necromancer. Yes. Yes. Mission accomplished. <laughs> hey, that's one more necromancer. Yeah, and once once well, you former necromancer because that has Cause been hey relegated to the bottom of the pile. Yeah, so, I mean we're without, all used to that. Without dancing around the changes anymore, the one in particular that we're talking about is uh, there was a change which made Lich form the skill that you use to summon a bunch of jagged horrors. It changes the jagged horrors so that they don't have health degen like they used to. And they only last for 30 seconds. So previously, the premise of the Viper Horror build, the, the most prevalent Condi Necro build, was that you would build up these Jagged Horrors over time, try and keep them alive. It was made a lot easier with the, the increase Druid. in prevalence in healing specs. Yeah, Druid specifically, but also the other healers. With Heart of Thorn. And it got hammered. Just absolutely destroyed, ripped out, just mm, not good. So this change pushed uh, Necromancer from a respectable Condi DPS in raids to between PS Warrior and Chronomancer in the amount of damage they can put out as a solo DPS. You can still... there's. There's a lot of factors to this, and I'm not going to cover all of them. Epidemic is obviously still a thing, still going to be affecting balance, and is still very prevalent in things outside of raids. As of right now, 
it's pretty hard to justify a spot for a necromancer in raids. It's it's still doable, don't get me wrong. Um, there are reasons you would take necromancers, but it's not something that you can just slot into any party now and be like, yeah, you're fine. You're fine to be here. You have to think about what does the necromancer bring and is it worth sacrificing enough DPS for whatever utility that is, whether it's ad control or condi control. There, there is some space for a necromancer there. I don't, want, I don't want people to think that it's just complete garbage now. But it kind of is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. So there were, there's definitely a problem with necromancer or prior to this patch and still somewhat afterwards, where currently the top tier or you know. Yeah, the, the fractal meta was essentially stack as many Condi Necros as possible. And it was so prevalent that whenever we would pug, and I, I run fractals most nights with a group of three to five guildmates. So on the nights when we don't have a full party, we usually pug. And I would say probably nine out of ten pugs that we would pick up were Condi Necromancers running this Viper Horror build. And there are a few things that the Viper Horror build did. Like, not only does Necro have a lot of survivability on its own, the minions added a meat wall so that, you know, things would attack the minions, not the Necromancer. It gave the Necromancer uh, an extra 250 toughness through their traits if they chose to take the death magic line. It allowed them to transfer a silly amount of conditions off of themselves to bosses. Um, all in all, a I'm choosing my words carefully here. I liked this build because it had a lot of synergy with different things, and I thought it was very fun to play. Was it too strong? Probably. Did it need to be axed like this? Absolutely not. Um, I feel pretty strongly that this was a really irresponsible change uh it came out of the blue so compounding this frustration right of not you know just losing the viability of this build that i had overnight um is the fact that arena net hasn't said anything about it they didn't say leading up to this patch oh we feel that this you know so and so is too strong we'd like to change it or you know, even in the patch notes or afterwards, they didn't say, this is what we were trying to accomplish. We didn't accomplish that. Um, you know, we'll be looking at Necromancer again. We're sorry, you know, but you have to bear with it while we, we rebalance this stuff. There was nothing. They didn't say anything. And so we're left to sp speculate, sort of, on why, how. And it feels <laughs> so, so out of touch with what... Yeah, it just it came so out of left field. I'm so shocked and just blown away. It's like they even sorry, there's so <laughs> because many it's because you didn't there's used so to play Necromancer. That's why it came out of left field for you. <laughs> so in addition, right, they they put out this post before the patch, right? And they said, um, Chronomancers and Druids, there are big changes coming to your builds. You might have to stat swap your gear. We just wanted to give you a heads up. That in itself, has a lot of problems, which I'm not going to go into now. But they, they specifically called out Chronomancers and Druids. And they didn't, like, was this a last-minute 
thought did you not think about necromancers like what about the people who only have necromancers but like what about the necromans who geared up one character for raids and now suddenly they just got hit this hard uh what about it's i'm so confused and hurt really i what what the heck i just i'm absolutely flabbergasted and you you would think after three weeks i would be able to express myself coherently by now think you would think that I had enough time to think about it and you know say things responsibly I'm just so confused really I just don't understand it um god I don't even know what to say they so it hasn't accomplished its goals right um the fractal metal had has shifted somewhat people are asking for quote-unquote condi parties now so instead of abusing minions they're abusing epidemic yep um the death magic line has been completely gutted, more or less. Um, there's Flesh of the Master stacks up to 25 minions, and I haven't done the exact math, but my napkin math says it's not even possible to get 25 minions anymore. And the worst part, I think, to me, is that it just destroyed this playstyle that was fun and unique in Guild Wars 2. There's nothing else like it in Guild Wars 2. And I even had this moment in raids a few weeks ago where I was like, you know what? I think I enjoy Minion Master and Guild Wars 2 more than Guild Wars 1 Minion Master. And no longer. <laughs> that just got uh, pulled right out from under me and is just incredibly disappointing. I wish I had nice stuff to say about this balance patch. I'm sorry, I don't. If they took it away, I'd be so happy. They're just like, we it's reset. I would just... I, like, let's, let's undo yeah and it, again i want to be clear i don't i don't think i don't think it was not too strong before i know the double negative there but i couldn't think of a way to say it. i don't think it was not in need of a nerf but the way they went about doing it didn't didn't accomplish their goals um destroyed a fun build and just makes it feel like the balance team is so out of touch with what is fun. And I don't, yeah, what is fun? I, I almost want to say, and I, I don't like talking about balance because people have such strong opinions about balance. And as soon as I say something, people are going to be like, well, math. but here's the thing. If it's not actively damaging other people's enjoyment in the game, and you, you can make this argument that because fractals was like a hundred percent necker something needed to change right but if it's not stupidly broken if it's not hurting other players and if it's not like why nerf it doesn't fun come into doesn't fun come into balance a little bit somewhere like we can't hit the perfect balance ever so at some point don't you have to say well am i destroying this for no reason or is it going to make the game better because I am changing this. And I just, I don't want to be patronizing and say that the balance team doesn't consider that, because I think that's what they were trying to do, right? Is they are trying to make it more of a trade-off. They are trying to fix this problem in fractals where it's all necros all the time. But it feels that way. I feel like I'm talking a lot about my feelings right now, which I just started with a sense, but I feel, and I didn't realize this was going to be like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm talking about my feelings a lot. I was supposed to talk about balance pat. Well, balance impacts your feelings both towards the development and towards the class that you've put in a bunch of time into. 
And I mean, I think that's totally fair. I think that, yeah, there, there's definitely there's definitely an aspect to which when something becomes ubiquitous, where it is the only thing that is ever taken, um, it does negatively impact other people's fun because it makes it very difficult to play anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and that's bad. And I think we can all agree that that's bad. And that's sort of been a lot of my complaint with a lot of sort of meta team builds in this game in general. Like, um, you know, I, I, I've had that complaint in various forms a lot over the years about various specific classes or abilities that sort of had a lockdown on that. Um, I wasn't doing high level fractals enough to really have experienced that lately because it wasn't as meta back when I was doing the high level fractals. So I can't really comment on that aspect. I think that part of... So I think I think a big problem is that Arena has designed themselves into a corner in a lot of ways with a lot of professions, and they don't have the time or resources to do a ground-up enough redesign to actually fix the fundamental problems that they have, um, which inevitably means that either things don't get fixed or they get Band-Aid fixed, and usually Band-Aid fixes tend to you know either not accomplish much or overswing the other direction because you remove like quote unquote the one thing that class had going for them in you know air quotes um and that's either situation is frustrating just for different reasons but they both come down to the same core problem that they don't have necessarily the time or resources to do a full balance pass despite being balanced patches um specifically i think that i honestly think that epidemic is a big problem for necromancers in terms of design space because it's it's one of those skills that the the more other other classes that have synergy skills like say chronomancer and i have my own problems with chronomancers but at least chronomancers on their own are not necessarily the strongest thing but multiply the power of their team right so the more people mm-hmm. that get affected by the chrono buffs the the better they are um necromancers are like that except it's not other players it's other necromancers like the more necromancers you have the better necromancers are and that's sort of fundamentally different from a normal buffing class and a big part of that is epidemic because you all stack these you know trillion stacks of bleed from your um from your horror stacks and there's all of you, and then all of you can reflect, you know, five people's damage worth of condition stacks because one of you puts five people's stacks on everything, and then the next one of you puts five people's stacks of damage back onto the first thing. And then, like you can you can bounce so many conditions with epidemic if you have sort of a full on mass of necromancers, but I think they don't want to take epidemic away because that's kind of a signature necromancer thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, you and I have talked a lot about the imbalance of signature abilities and you know, I I know that I've said that mesmers have had the most signature abilities that really only they have access to in the form of originally mass quickness, in the form of alacrity, in the form of reflex for a long time, although, you know, guardians could also pull duty there, but um, you know, Mesmers have had a lot of those things and a lot of other classes don't have those things or they're not useful. And Epidemic kind of was and is Necromancer's one unique thing, even if it's not a unique status. And I think it 
really holds the class back from like maybe the higher ends of individual potential that it can have because you know it, any buffs that you give to necromancer condition application gives you know huge buffs to multiple necromancers in the same party if they can epidemic each other um and so even though epidemic wasn't changed here i think it probably factors into how necromancers are played and how they're perceived and how they're at least somewhat balanced around so but like if you took if you took epidemic away it would be bad like it would be and you if and you didn't fix anything else much like kind of what happened here is they took away a big percentage of our um bleed stacking ability and what was the didn't you say the nerf was like roughly a 20 percent dps loss uh the necromancer one yeah i i'm forgetting now i think that is pretty accurate Right. So like a 20% DPS loss with no increases elsewhere is a huge loss, especially in things like raids Mm -hmm. where the, you know, sustained damage output is like one of the main factors. So yeah, I I feel like I've just sort of gone on a big tangent, but my point is I think a lot of classes and we, and maybe we'll sort of come back to the same point when we talk about the alacrity changes, but, um, or whatever not the the other changes with with mesmer uh is which is just that there's some abilities that are so far and beyond what other classes have or or things like that that they they really probably need to get rid of them and redistribute some of those some of that power into both other classes and other things within that class to sort of like help sort of keep a stasis of keeping the class useful without nerfing them into the ground but they just haven't or don't do that and you know that's right now it's the necromancer's turn getting hit by that baseball bat so (laughs) yeah um i don't know i don't know if i made a complete thought do you do you have anything to like talk back at what i was just saying uh tangentially i think it's really hard to nail down how much dps a necromancer does because it's so conditional on a yeah. the minions and B epidemic and whether there's another necromancer that I they may not have expected uh, it right. to be as big of a nerf as they di- as it was because if we can't figure out how much damage necromancers do I I don't think Arena Net can that easily either and so they may not have intended to hit it with a really heavy nerf bat as much as they did. Well, also, Epidemic didn't used to be as bad because condition stacks uh, being capped at 25 or not Mm -hmm. in the case of, like, burning, you know, which just had one stack. It just had duration. Uh, Epidemic was nowhere near as much of a problem back then because condition damage was effing terrible. So, like, it didn't matter that Necromancers could bounce because the cap was there and, like, that bounce was actually insignificant in large group content and in small group content it was just, like, sort of okay. Um, and had so many problems, but once they removed the condition cap, Epidemic became the type of skill that's really hard to balance around, and again, I, I don't really think that this Lich Form nerf in itself was the right thing to nerf, or the right way to nerf Necromancers if they felt they needed to be brought down, but like, there's, you know, if we're being completely honest, there are lots of problems with Epidemic, and it probably, but I but I think they don't want to touch it. Like, it's their it's the one thing that necromancers have and as long as they're unwilling to touch it uh it's going to mean that you're going to have a lot of other stuff that's probably not great because you know 
epidemic's really good. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, um, do you want to talk about the Mesmer stuff? Yeah. So, yeah. man, it's been long enough now that I've even forgotten the exact details. Essentially, uh, Necromancer's ability to output boons got hit from a number of different ways. Mesmer's. And did I say that? Did I say you said Necromancer's. I lied. It was Mesmer's. Well, let me tell you, Necromancer's ability to output boons is terrible now. <laughs> terrible. But yeah, Chronomancer's got hit in a bunch of different ways. One of the primary ways was by uh, gutting Signet of Inspiration. It used to transfer um, stacked boons for one thing, and also like the entire stack of boons, that stack duration. So... One thing a lot of people don't understand about boons is that boons like regen, quickness, swiftness, all of those ones that stack duration, they have stacks, but they're hidden. It doesn't show them like when you have 25 stacks of might. You can have formerly nine stacks of quickness on you, now five. And depending on how long each of those stacks is depend determines how long your quickness lasts so it used to transfer multiple stacks of everything just whatever whatever the chronomancer had on them it would spread to five allies in the area and not the chronomancer themselves it has been changed so that it transfers only one stack of those things and applies it to the chronomancer itself so the chronomancer there's a few things you lose right you lose a very big, long source of quickness. Um, chronomancers used to be able to do, uh, but like, I'm not a chronomancer player. Full disclosure, I've only dabbled in it, but I think it's between 25 and 30 seconds of quickness they were able to transfer when they hit Signet of Inspiration, and now it's capped at six. And that is the role that a lot of people are familiar with chronomancers playing in raids. But there is also sort of a secondary thing where Chronomancers aren't able to transfer those multiple stacks of might, which doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal because you you bring a PS warrior anyway, right? You're like, well, yeah, you just the PS warrior does might for the party. But what it enabled prior to this was for you to bring things like a Condi warrior who couldn't put out all that might by itself, but it was padded by Signet of Inspiration in kind of a way that you couldn't really see it. And as well, it made it possible to bring only one PS warrior and for them to spread enough might to everyone in the party, you know, between the two, the Chrono and the warrior, they were able to spread enough might to the entire party that you only need one PS warrior to get might on everyone without having to worry about it too much from anyone else. So the number of stacks you can have from quickness got reduced from nine down to five, as well as a number of other boons, but quickness is a relevant one here. Uh, Signet of Inspiration got nerfed. Trying to think. I feel like there was something else. Uh, Revenant, yes, but I will get to that in a moment. I don't know. Anyway, their their ability to output boons, boons severely got nerfed. The other thing was Revenants got nerfed uh, in a way that their facet of nature, which while channeled, gave allies a 50% increase in, in boon duration, was reduced down to 33 People flipped their lids, right? Because they're like, Revenants are dead in rain. They uh, are dead. Dead in the water. 
Um, and it wasn't quite that severe where, so revenants are not dead. Doesn't matter what the angry guy in map chat is yelling about. I'm telling you, Nike's telling you, Brazil's telling you, all these people are telling you, revenants are not dead. They're not mandatory anymore. They're not dead. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, but where the, so where the real issue lies is all of these nerfs in combination meant that chronomancers, in order to have enough quickness on the entire party, you generally need two of them to maintain permanent quickness on 10 people because they can only maintain, per like one chronomancer can only maintain permanent quickness on five people. Because you need two chronomancers and because you need personal boon duration to get enough quickness on five people, you don't necessarily need the revenant. And you can't really make a good argument, at least in a metacom, you can't make a good argument for taking the revenant because the DPS increase of taking two full boon duration chronos is, you know, superior to whatever, having Assassin's Presence or whatever unique buffs the Revenant brings. If you wanted to, um, you could absolutely, so for like guild groups, people aren't going for speed clears, you could absolutely bring a Chronomancer with, say, 66% boon duration and a Revenant that's maintaining facet of nature. That's absolutely fine. It's not going to kill you or it's not going to yeah it's not it's not going to hinder you if you want to bring that revenant and there are a number of reasons you would want to bring your revenants like assassin's presence and their ability to output fury and might and things like that in fact you could um where condi warriors are feeling sort of pushed out because the mesmer can't provide might for them you could have a condi warrior a mesmer and a revenant in a party and then they can sort of in a different way than previously but now get all of the boons that they needed to make that work again. Where am I going with this? Okay, so the the issue and what people are upset about primarily is that the way boons have been redistributed or removed, the ability to generate them has been removed, means that in order to maintain a previous level of boon uptime, I guess, on the party, you sort of have to double up on a lot of things. You sh you should probably be taking two two PS warriors. You should probably be taking two chronomancers, which takes up four slots of your party. If you have to run two of those each, you should probably also be running two druids because you need the damage buffs from Grace of the Land. So that's six slots of your party taken up, which means that there are four left for DPS classes, but because there are two chronomancers now, it is much easier to keep alacrity uptime on your party. And in fact, it's, it is reasonable to say that you can keep 100% alacrity uptime on your party. So much so that it's actually changed the community's perspective of realistic buffs. Because formerly they didn't include alacrity in that because they didn't expect... Um, they didn't expect you to have alacrity uptime on your party. So when you were doing these DPS rankings and people were figuring out where different builds fit in different DPS rankings, it was generally considered that you wouldn't take alacrity. And now you do. Alacrity disproportionately affects classes that rely on cooldowns for their damage. So it's also propelled Ellie's sort of to the top again. because As if they weren't already high up there. Yeah. So 
prior to the patch, Hammer Guardian, Thief, Scepter Guardian, and Ellie, both Staff and Dagger Warhorn, were sort of the five top DPS roles, and they they all had their advantages and disadvantages. But uh, Scepter Guardian and Ellie, both Staff and Warhorn, got unfairly propelled up in the DPS rankings because of the prevalence of alacrity. Whereas Thief, who relies on initiative, which is not impacted by alacrity, didn't really get that buff, and so it just sort of sat mediocrely in the middle. And Hammer Guardian is sort of in a weird... Like, yes, it does use cooldowns, but it primarily auto-attacks, so it doesn't really impact it, but it also kind of does. Not as much as Ellie and Scepter Guardian. So those DPS rankings all got kind of jostled. And it just generally sucks. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in how it shifted because before the patch, I don't it is it is possible now if you want to to run things besides a group of 5 and a group of 5. But I would generally not advise it. Whereas before, if you had asked me, "Oh, spirit, I'm getting a raid squad set up. How do I do it?" I would say, "Well, my friend, you have a lot of options. What do your players play? What do they like to play? What can you do? And you have this sort of flexibility that you don't necessarily have anymore. I think it's not as easy to see, but in my experience since the patch, even with my raid groups that are clearing the raids every week, when we didn't struggle before, we cleared without food, um, since the patch, we've definitely felt it. And if those groups have felt it, I'm sure the ones that were already struggling before the patch have felt it much harder. And I have seen that in a couple places um, with some groups struggling. Mostly it's it's people getting, for us at least, for Relics, um, we had issues with people... Um, Playing new classes, like we we had to train up a new Chronomancer, and a Chronomancer is not easy to train up. Uh, it is something that takes quite a bit of work. It's not easy to pick up and play between the gearing and the skill level and just the the, the mindset of Chronomancer. If you haven't played it before, um, thinking thinking with portals or continuum split, as it were, mm -hmm. is way different than anything else in the game, and so it's not easy to pick up. And we we went last week, so for Trivco, our Saturday raid group, we went from clearing three bot or three wings, or most of three wings in a single night, to wiping for two hours on Gorseville, and we didn't finish wing one. That sucks. Um, it's not that it's impossible to do, it's just that we didn't really adapt to new roles very well, but it was a great period of not fun. Yeah, um... Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's sort of, that sort of goes back to this sort of tilts back into where I was sort of going with the Necromancer thing about designing themselves into a corner, right? Because they have these buffs that are so powerful, these buffs and these skills that are so powerful that it feels like groups really need them, right? Like they, before you said, you know, before it would be like, well, you need a Mesmer to be providing this stuff and mm -hmm. you need a Druid and you need, you know, whatever, APS warrior or whatever. I you know, like you need you need like one of each of these because they provide something really unique that is so powerful you really should have it. 
And really the problem there is like, you need to go, and we talked about this before the show a couple weeks ago, back when this first came out, like you need to either commit to saying that certain professions are going to be mandatory for high level content um, and then leave them alone because like you've decided like <laughs> you've decided that they need to be mandatory and like i i don't personally like that kind of design but if you're going to do it you need to own it and and make them you know like let them be good at what they're supposed to do because you design your encounters around the assumption that these extremely powerful combos and or buffs are going to be there because you know as long as you have those kinds of abilities they're going to be used because they are that good so like you either have to full in own it and like i would say guild wars one really owned it it's like they made no bones about the fact that monks are imperative you always take a monk and i mean this was changed a little bit with the introduction of the ritualist where they were like at least a good um secondary option like they there were very strong writs that could take the place of monk but before ritualist came out it was it was monk or bust like you had almost always two in your party of eight period because monks just were needed and that was fine because they that was the design of the game like monks are the healers monks are the protectors and they provide such a powerful ability that they that that's just what the game was designed around the game was designed around putting a lot of pressure on that monks had to deal with and so you know monks were needed but monks were always strong they didn't nerf monks into the ground because they were so good at something that nobody else did without providing more <laughs> options right something something spider's so, boon yeah well that's that's a specific skill yeah right? I know, like I that just... that skill's a problem but so to put it back into guild wars 2 though is the the now we're going to go back to the manifesto you can play how you want <laughs> um right i'm not going to i'm not going to make you know minor minutiae comments or complaints about that but sort of the general vibe that they tried to present for a long time pre-release and post-release was that every class was good and maybe not all good at the same things but like roughly equivalent in the sense that like you could take any combination and you'll be fine right which is pretty much the polar opposite of that type of philosophy i was talking about like the idea of this philosophy is that nobody provides something that is so good that you have to have them but the the problem is that's not true so it's like you you have to commit one way or the other like if you want literally any comp to be considered roughly good or equivalent with some minor uh caveats obviously then you can't have abilities that are that powerful or if you do they can't belong to only one or two classes like that you can't you can't do that and still try and make a claim that like every build has equal weight because they just simply don't like those abilities are so powerful that either they're going to trivialize content that's not designed around them much like we saw the problem with dungeons was like once you knew what you were doing dungeons were so trivially easy and like that's fine if that's what you want but if you want content to be challenging you like it doesn't work that way um so you either need to take those abilities away or you need to spread them out. You need to do one or the other, or you need to come up with abilities that are so strong for every class, even if, and that are all different that, you know, it's like, well, yeah, the, the buffs that Mesmer's put out are super strong, right? Like we really want them, but like, well, 
at a certain point, what if you, if every class had something that was that strong, maybe not doing the same thing, but it was so strong that you looked at it and said, man, I really want that. Then, you know, the, then basically everything's back on the table again, because you're going to be missing out on some really powerful abilities, but you'll also have really powerful abilities that if you replace those classes with a different class, well, then you'd be losing something really powerful. And that's, that's just not the way that the game is. And they have never committed one way or the other in Guild Wars 2, and the closest we had was for a while during Hot, where, you know, it was, you need a Chrono, you need a Druid, and then, like, you probably should have a PS or a Revenant, but, like, you could kind of fuzz on those, you Mm -hmm. know, really. But, like, really, the Druid and the Chrono were the two most important classes, and at least in my opinion. Would you would you agree with that mostly? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. Um, right. People consider PS Warrior a staple, but you could, at least in the early days, definitely replace it with Revenants. And if you needed to now for most fights, I think you could also have Revenant. Well, not now, but uh, prior to this patch, I think you could have run Revenants in place of PS Warriors and been okay if you had plenty of DPS. Right, exactly. Um, so that you know, it's like they almost had that state where it was like, yeah, okay, fine. Mesmers and druids are necessary. Fine. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we'll just bake that assumption in. Fine. And but but they didn't commit to that. They didn't. They didn't admit that the abilities that made those classes necessary were so strong that that's what made them necessary. And so they kept those abilities in the game. They just made them last less time. But that doesn't change the fact that their multiplicative power or like their raw unrivaled power at healing and things like that, uh, like they just don't exist elsewhere. And so when you nerf them like down, down like you do, the effect is not that it makes them feel equally valuable compared to every other class. The effect is that you need two of them to maintain what one of them used to do. And like, I'm not necessarily calling for the elimination of, of these Mesmer type buffs that are so problematic, but like you need to commit. If you're going to have Mesmers be the required buffing class, then like let them be that. And if you don't want them to be the required buffing class, then you need to give some other classes, some of those buffs or like some of those types of abilities or things that are just really, really strong on their own. And, you know, like half the classes don't have anything like that. And that's, I, but I think they've designed themselves into a corner to, to bring it back to what I was saying earlier, that they, they just don't have the resources to make that. So they don't have the resources to do a full deep enough dive into all of their professions and all of their skills and all of their interactions to, make either of those a reality and the closest they can do is to just say yeah mesmers are required and druids are required and we're just gonna buff them back up because Mm -hmm. that's just you know Uh, buff them so strong that there's no point in doubling up on both of them like that you are better off taking something else yeah one one thing i want to say is uh not to devalue your point it doesn't take away from your point at all but just to clear up a misconception about druid because i find a lot of people have this um druid does not have top tier heals by any means um what it does have is spotter frost spirit grace of the land and glyph of empowerment it has crazy dps buffs so you get um and this this actually may have changed in the in the last patch because they changed how healing scaling worked and druid with healing power have more healing um at the start of raids when per- people first started figuring out yeah you kind of really need a healer um 
druids were a popular choice because of their damage buffs. And then when it became, uh, you know, when everyone sort of figured out how raids worked, they were still a popular choice because of their damage buffs, because you didn't need that much healing anymore. Um, but actually, water water elementalist far outclasses druid in the amount of healing it can put out. And so if you just need heals, um, water elementalist is is the, hands down, far and away, the best healer in the game, but it doesn't provide those unique buffs, so... Um, yeah, that's good to clarify. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I knew that water Ellies were also a thing, but honestly, I've been out of raids long enough that I am definitely rusty on some of those aspects. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't devalue your point at all, right? Because it's, it's still the unique, the unique buffs, but it's not, it's not the fact that Druid is a healer that makes them desirable. It, it is those unique buffs. Right. So... Yeah, it's a, they've put themselves in a difficult spot, and I think that because because of their unwillingness to commit to saying that certain classes are just mandatory, like they did in Guild Wars One, um, you know, it's it causes challenges like this. Um, and I can understand why they don't want to go, you know, that other solution that I mentioned, which is just to remove those abilities altogether. Because if you did that, then the Mesmer would be in need of such a complete and utter rework mm -hmm. to make them useful at all. Uh, they, I mean, they're not going to do that. So, like, I understand why they haven't done that either. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's the thing that they should do. Um, but, it, you know... If you don't commit one way or the other, you get a situation like we have where it, you know, you need, you still need those buffs because they're still just as powerful as they were in what they do, just not in as many people as they can affect. And, uh, so like, yeah, anyway, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. I guess to, to put a capstone on the, the conversation on the patch, I guess the, I get, no, it's not a cap story. Just, just to wrap this up, I guess the, the biggest problem, I keep saying the biggest problem for me in this patch, but truly, truly, this is the one. The biggest problem that I have with this patch is that it brought the entire power of raid groups down. And a lot of what we're doing with the double PS, double chrono, double druid is to make up for the stuff we lost because they made just across the board these negative changes and they didn't bring up anything that was relevant to balance them out it it was just a net salty. loss of power yeah it was really yeah. that's what it is uh without changing raid structure at all right so um you know jagged horrors came down but don't worry because great sword three on necromancer which no one was using in raids anyway got a buff right like they're not it doesn't matter that that part of the profession got buffed because it it wasn't it's not in raids anyway. Like it'd be cool if it had brought it into raids, but it didn't. It just right. they're not correlated. So we just lost a ton of stuff with this patch and got nothing to make up for it. And so now we're on the back foot here, trying to just keep treading water. Yeah, essentially, and. It's bad news, man. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I think that was that was the most disappointing part. I don't mind I you know, Necromancer being too strong, Chronomancer being too strong, absolutely. We didn't even talk about how maybe we did last week, I hope we did. Um about how strong Boonshare was in World V World and it last, was last month. <laughs> God, yeah. I can't believe it's been so long. It's been crazy, crazy few weeks. Um yeah, how crazy strong Boonshare was in World V World. And do these things need to be taken down? Absolutely. The, the 
the biggest problem is that they didn't bring anything up and so we're sort of stuck and i'm not i'm not pleased with the current situation at all and to compound that we don't have any we didn't before and we don't have now any balanced philosophy that says um you know this is coming down we're you know maybe it sucks now but this is our long-term goal like they don't have that sort of big picture for us we're just left to wonder like am i gonna get the nerf bat next or you know is the next patch gonna nerf ellie's and suddenly we can't clear gorsival at all anymore um you know who who is next on the hit list really and i like i respect that they (laughs) I respect that they want to take down some of the power creep of hot. I can I can see that. They want to bring it more in line with the core specs. They want to set up for the next expansion, whatever the next elite specs. I I totally get that. But something's got to change. Uh, some something has to change, and I am just really scared about that right now because I don't I don't feel good. I feel like the balance team is out of touch, whether they actually are or not or not. I don't know because. I don't have that communication, but it it feels bad overall, and that is incredibly disappointing. And I don't look forward to balance patches now. I dread patch day, actually, for balance patches. That sucks. I want to look forward to patches. I want to be like, yeah, new stuff, and I not be like, man, raiding this weekend is going to suck. I wish I had more nice things to say, but it's how I feel right now. I almost wish we did record this three weeks ago. Why? When I was like maximum fury. Yeah, the maximum Uh, amount of frothing. I like. No, it was bad news. Bad news. I'm glad we didn't record because I was so angry. Yeah. No, I I I always feel bad when we have a mostly negative or frustrated podcast, but I feel like we were at least civil. Uh, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But hey, here we are. It's been an hour and a half, and. Um, as predicted. So I, it's probably time to pull the plug on this one. Is there anything else you wanted to say? And or do we have a cast cast? I do not have a cast cast. Oh, wait, no, oh. there's one more thing. Did we talk about legendary armor yet? Ah, we finally got a preview of legendary armor. Uh, I don't. Do you like it? Um, yes. Um, I can hear the asterisk. Yeah. So it's not the heavy armor. They They only showed us the heavy armor. It's not necessarily my style and what i've been drawing a lot of comparisons to guild wars one obsidian armor whereas sort of the top end of gear and a lot of people liked it because it was sort of the most prestigious you knew it was the most prestigious yeah yeah but listen i'm sorry if i offend any longtime guild wars one players but that armor looked like arse the warrior was like a tea kettle the uh thief had some leather straps uh, female lamp- necromancer was good yeah there there were a Ish. few okay ones i like the ritualist one even though it looked like a lampshade and uh <laughs> it's oh, man it was it was bad news guys it was bad news but a lot of people still liked it anyway um i so the quote-unquote gimmick with legendary armor in guild wars 2 is that instead of having a crazy amount of particle effects when you enter combat or draw your weapon your armor transforms and i'm talking like potentially because we haven't seen the lighter medium set like full sailor moon uh turning around magical girl uh bikini (laughs) stuff uh the heavy armor in particular 
expands like the the parts i don't know how to describe it um i will say though once we get all of our legendary armor in our raid groups i will be starting raids by saying autobots roll out because that is what it was it was like the it's it's transformers man transformers meets sailor moon um good times no i really think it's a cool way of making legendary armor unique and distinct without being super ostentatious yeah and overwhelming yeah it's it's not pooping out rainbows yeah i'm so tired of things pooping out rainbows oh my god they need to listen listen now that you're not listening anymore because i badmouthed you all episode um infusion slots we need those i'm so sick of people looking like dumpsters of glitter because they've just got (laughs) so many auras it's mm -mm, no that's i'm so sick of that so they got you know every a ghostly infusion and the green one and six more infusions and then they've got a legendary that makes them poop rainbows and also they're glowing purple it's so gross like any any one of those effects looks cool by themselves and then if you stack them all it's just a so yeah even any two of them a lot of the time yeah look okay yeah like like the like the queen bee, like the bee one with the yellow uh, polychromatic aura or whatever. Yeah, is or the like fun. or the super adventure ones you can stack. I don't. Yeah, man, I don't want to be that person who's like, yeah, take away players' customization. But come on, it is really ugly and overwhelming at this point, and I'm so so over. Well, not them. to mention how big of a mess it is in terms of like, well, this one's an infusion, but this one, this one slots into non-ascended accessory or into <sighs> necklaces only, and yep. this like this one's a shoulder mm, piece. Yep, yep, this one's a shoulder piece. That's exactly yep. Bat swarm. Um, yeah, no, it's it's bad. Uh, my quick hot take on legendary armor is that i don't it is also not my style i do not particularly like how it looks transformed i actually kind of do like it untransformed but um when it sort of puffs up uh, it reminds me of everything that i hate about world of warcraft which is that it's like huge shoulders and like big floaty bits and whatever and uh, it just reminded me it just reminded me of it's like a slightly different style of norn armor where it's got it's got the shoulder spikes and the um, but like, like they're antlers so big the yeah, i don't know it just it it smacked it reminded me of something between like Norn tier three and like the Balthazar regalia, which both mm. I think are pretty cool. So for me, it I was would like say, between well, those. Male or female Norn tier three, and what weight class of heavy? Male, yeah, male tier three heavy. Okay, because I yeah, I, the only Norn one that I remember is my female medium, which is nowhere near that ostentatious. But then again, we don't know what the legendary medium is going to look like, but. Regardless, it's not not really my style, but so that's the con. But the pro is exactly what you said: is that it's not pooping rainbows on everybody, and I can ignore it. So, people that want to get their legendary armor, I will never notice you. Um, you will fade into the obscurity, and you can pretend that I think that you're the coolest ever, and I won't notice you. And I'm happy that I don't have to. So, there's my Ebenezer Scrooge. Fair enough. I guess. Yeah, I can't like. They have one armor set. Here's what I I was actually worried for a long time that they were going to go. Uh, do you know the zodiac armor? Yeah. Yeah, that blue shiny armor. I was yep. worried. I was really curious for a long time how they were, they were going to manage that because 
Zodiac armor, I think, prior to us seeing this, was the closest thing I could imagine to legendary armor. Because, for some reason, they just like to make weapons and put skyboxes on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was afraid armor was going to end up like that, with like these crazy colorful particle effects and it was just going to be really ostentatious and gross and then it would also be sort of related to this one gem store item that came out that was one time which brings up this dialogue about well is legendary armor just gem store armor but it's not really gem store armor but i'm glad we dodged that whole bullet i'm really glad i'm really glad that's just not even going to be a consideration yeah yeah well and also i don't even have a horse in this race because i don't raid anymore so i will never get it and now i don't have to feel bad that i can't yeah yeah there's so, that silver lining yeah and i on the other hand have to choose which transformer i'm gonna be and it's gonna be great it's bumblebee yeah okay <laughs> okay <laughs> starscream i don't know i don't know which probably no bumblebee is fine i'll be bumblebee you'll be bumblebee yeah all right Alright, well now that we're talking about Transformers, um, that's definitely my sign to uh, cut this short. So, And by short, I mean cut it off. It's definitely not short. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening to this far of a Grumpcast. And we'll be back, I don't know, sometime. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely be back if there's another big thing of news to talk about. Otherwise, who knows, because holidays are a nightmare of coordination and planning. Mm-hmm. So... Thanks for listening, and we will be back sometime. This has been another episode of Relics of War. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofwar.com, email us at relicsofwar at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve.